is Wednesday. Here we are. We made it. It's raining, but well, off and on, off and on. I just want to preface by saying um, there are some things that are out of our control at times. One of those will be internet reliability. Um, that is something that happens. This is a an online platform, so at times you might hear little gaps or hiccups. Our sincere apologies. Sometimes there's very little we can and cannot do about that. So CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. And again, we cannot thank you all enough for your continued support, empowerment, encouragement, and most of all, for sharing this podcast. Lately, we've been joined by, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you all. I mean, I try to warn you all, this this kid, he's coming. He's not scared. He's tired, y'all. He's really, really fed up. You know, he comes from a background where he can unfortunately relate to too much of the diaspora. And I'm saying all of this in advance because, well, 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 Manny, what do we have here? A member of the RTC, a mayoral candidate right here out of Connecticut. Um, let me, let me, hold up, hold up. Let me do, let me do my thing here and say, if your ears sensitive, to talking about white supremacy, you might want to go do something. Go water the garden or something. Go outside and, and talk to your neighbor or something because we're not going to hold it back, right? And we're not going to hold it back for various reasons. <laughs> Money cracking up. We're not going to hold it back because here's the thing. People did not react well when myself and other black and brown activists spoke on the fact that there was a bus that left a bus not a minivan, not an SUV, not a two-door coupe, not a motorcycle or a skateboard, not, no, 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 a fucking bus left out of Stanford, Connecticut and went down to the state capitol of people who wanted to participate in the January 6th riot. I'm gonna start there, Manny. I'm going to look at you now as a younger one in the fight. What were you thinking about, if anything? I, I just, you know, I'll tell you where I was at when it happened. I was actually on my way to a call to action out in Hartford. And at the time, I had <laughs> two words put together that some people did not like to see. Fuck Trump on my car. And I was driving down the 91. And when this shit happened, I cannot make this up. Out of nowhere, these two cars come, right? They must have been watching me. And I, I think they purposely were following me. That would be my thought. I'm not going to justify myself. Um, if you want to debate it, then do what you need to do. But they were trying to box me in. And then a few other cars peeped this shit. And they circled that, and then one by one, they separated me from that. And these people surrounded me all the way to exit 29. Can't make this shit up. I went from almost being driven off the road, right, by, I would say, two very avid Trump supporters. And just so folks understand, I did not go back and wipe down my car. I did not pull over and wipe my car off. Let me tell you something. They do plenty to me, you know, and I'm not the only one. 
This is what they do when you stand up against white supremacy to black and brown people. You think white people have it? You're feeling sorry and crying tears for the white people and, and what they go through in the fight for democracy and equity and all these nice words we like to use. You have no clue, none, what we go through. Hence the reason why I, you know, I said, if there's any time I need this young soldier on this podcast is today. He speaks about it a lot. He speaks about his fear, his anticipation. And y'all, this is disgusting. This young man should not be saying no, that when I run for office, I expect to have to fight for support. That is fucking ridiculous. Before we go too much deeper, Manny, talk to me on January 6th. Can you remember where you were, what you were doing? I remember it like it was today. Um, I actually, I was sitting in my room um, and I was actually watching the certification. I was, I was watching the certification um, because, you know, it's, it's no, it's, not a secret that politics is is what i do is what i love and you know so you know um when i heard that i was going to you know you were going to be able to watch the certification i said oh yeah of course i'm gonna sit down and, and let me watch it and so there i was i was sitting in bed i'm watching the certification and i'll never forget that you know there they were certifying the votes certifying the election and I start to see the members of Congress get up from their seats and, and you know, start looking worried and stuff. And I was like, hold on, what's, what's going on here? Right. Um, and then that's when, you know, on the bottom headline, right, that's when it, it, the words change and breaking news, right? <laughs> right. Starting at the Capitol. And um, I was like, wait a second. Like, you have to be kidding me. Like, there's, there's no absolute way. And when the camera changed to the outside view, right, from being inside Congress the session to then outside of the Capitol, I sat there that day. I watched from beginning to end. And I couldn't even sit in bed. I was standing in front of my TV, standing because I could not believe what I was witnessing, that we had our very own people attacking our government. That's what it was, it was an attack on our government. It was an attack on our nation, our country. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues that that's wrong with this country. There's a lot of things wrong with the nation stuff, but I've never made a secret that I'm 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 proud to be in this country. I'm proud to be in the nation. I want to serve it. I want to be an elected official. So, to me, it it was gut wrenching. It really was. It was gut wrenching uh, to to see that this place, the capital of the United States, was being broken into. Windows being smashed. People literally. I mean, just absolutely destroying the the police officers, hitting them with with bats, and having tear gas of their own. When I saw that, that they were shooting tear gas of their own, I mean, like it was hard to believe this was our own citizens. I mean, it looked like a terrorist attack. It literally did. Like, they, well, wait, they wait, 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 wait. 
pause right there. I want you to pause right there. I just want to jump in and say this. Y'all, y'all hearing this shit? I mean, are y'all come here, come here, all y'all. Y'all hearing this shit? Do you hear what our young people saw? Big bad fucking America. And you had people throwing smoke bombs, flares, militarized people, people from all walks of life. I want to emphasize that piece. Did you all pick up on the change in his voice when he starts to talk about this? And Manny, don't change it. You're in the right space. I just want to point out something. He has every fucking right to be mad because you all didn't just attack the Capitol. You attack everybody here. Yeah, no, I mean, literally, I was, like, beside myself, I was angry. I was, I mean, I was in complete disbelief. I mean, like, I could not believe. I could not believe what I was seeing. And the emotions that I felt, you know, I, I mean, I was overwhelmed. I remember having people call me, you know, like, are you seeing this? I'm like, listen, I was watching it before it started, <laughs> you know? And, and so... Here were these people, these people who were, you know, so-called all for America and standing up for, you know, American rights and the and the government and you know and they're 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 pro country everything and you're attacking the very center of our democracy. You're attacking literally what this country is. I mean, it's the Capitol, it's Congress, it's everyone who makes decisions is in that building. And here you guys are scaling the walls. I mean, when I saw that, I saw people scaling the walls. I was like, this this can't be real. This, there's no way that this is reality. I mean, it looks like a movie. Like they're scaling walls. They have ballistic armor vests on, you know? They have literally military grade items. Military grade. Like these people throwing out smoke bombs like candy, right? And in my opinion, I just dropped it in the chat. You could tell, in my opinion, because it was so, so, when you were watching it, probably like in complete shock, you probably had, a friend told me, so picture me, I'm on the 91, I-91 headed north, right? This is January 6th, you know, it was the brink of winter, and <clears throat> here I am, and I would say I picked up my trailers, like around, meaning the two people, it started off with one car, and he must have seen the fuck Trump side, right? Because... My windows have all kinds of stuff written on them. He came across, he was on that side, and he could see his face turns red. So now he's trying to push me off, like literally push me off, not to the side that usually veers into the exit, mind you, but into the ditch. Dead ass. He's trying to push me off. And then, as if, I don't know if he knew the person or whatever, another one comes on the other side. And now they're both trying to coordinate this shit. So then... Right. My phone's going crazy. And I'm like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Like I did not realize what was happening until I made it to my final destination. I want to shout out. I'll never know who they are. I will never know who they are. But many, many thanks to the five white, white people, white people. It was five white people. One lady had her two kids in the back. One guy, he looked like a student, you know, and it was like a couple and then an older white couple and then an older white woman. I would never forget them because they intercepted these two, right? That were trying to veer me off. So if you were driving behind us, this would look like straight out of a movie. No lie. And here I am and I'm trying to like balance myself, right? And all I keep saying is if this is it, 
I'm at peace with me. Dead ass. Because I want to let you all understand something. Listen to what this young man is saying. He hasn't even gotten to that point yet. Do you hear the conviction in his voice? He's upset. And he has every fucking right to be. Every right. I could just imagine how mortified you were, Manny. I would have been mortified. It wasn't until I got to my final destination in Hartford and I get out the truck. Mind you, this after at this point, the five people who they made sure I got off, they started waving. They knew, all right, they see me get off the exit. They were happy. I was happy with them. I Again, I could only thank them. And then I get to my final destination. Everybody's like, yo, we kept trying to call you. Did you hear what happened? Are you okay? Like people were worried. And then somebody shows me what the fuck was going on. You're talking about people shitting and, and you know, <laughs> and on tables. They're ripping stuff down. Manny, I'm going to ask you a dangerous question, brother. You and I both know if you were whistling and walking down the street in Fairhaven, what would it take? Tell us the simplest thing it would take for the police to even look at you sideways. I'm trying to draw a reference here because this happened at the Capitol. But could you tell everybody in Fairhaven, what would what would it take for NHPD for you to draw their attention? What is the simplest thing you could? <laughs> Literally, I can't. I mean, it's pretty simple. I can't even make this up. Uh, it just fit their description of looking suspicious. That's it. Talk the talk, <laughs> Manny. What does that mean? Literally, what does that mean? Break it down. Let them know what that means. Tell the Literally. truth. And if you've ever seen him, this this should be like what? What is he talking about? Because we're not talking about someone. Like, what does looking criminal really mean? What does it really come down to, Matt? Listen, literally, it could be, and I've seen it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this as an example. I'm not gonna be specific. I'm not gonna, you know, name names. So, literally, it was this man who had sweatpants and a hoodie, gray sweatpants and a dark gray hoodie, Hispanic man. Dark skin, um, really curly hair, right? Walking down the sidewalk. Um, and uh, he went to this table that they were offering free items at. Went to the table, and I literally saw a police officer stop his car, get out of the car, and tell the man... Well, one, ask the man if he had a problem and had two, tell him to step away from the people who were at the table because he was bothering them. He's not making that up. He's not making that up. Let me tell you all something. I distributed food and other items in that area that he's referencing. All right. And it was saddening because what would happen is sometimes, you know, I wasn't the one actually doing the distributing but more so over there to just provide general guidance, help out as needed. There were folks at the table, you know, they're the ones, you know, distributing the items and so forth. Most of them did not speak English. Hence the reason why I was there, just in case certain people showed up, meaning the alphabet boys, 5-0, Jakes, call it what you see it, then boys in blue. And let me tell you something, like clock fucking work, like clockwork, the police would show up. So it's criminal to collect free items on the street without the police. You know, the police have to watch that because, you know, right, Manny? You, what? I mean, why not, well, right? Listen, so what do you I, think? I, I did a giveaway, and it was actually, 
it was actually um, the same day that I saw you. We were both on the same street. You were a little yes. uh, further down the street. Uh, I mean, by maybe by fifty feet, wasn't that much? And we were on the corner, and we were setting up to do a giveaway. And you know what? A, a person walked up to us, asking, "Hey, like, what are you guys about to give out? What or whatever? You know, just just inquiring." And another police officer who happens to be in the parking lot got out of his car, came over, and started. Not only this was this was baffling. Not only harassing the person right who was inquiring to us, you know, regarding what we we're going to give out. But then began to criticize us and say, well, why are you guys doing this here on this corner? You know, there's a lot of people here, you know, and you're going to have people coming up to you. So what are you doing? What? Like, what does it look like we're doing? We're here for these people. You know, like, I mean, that had got me so mad. And, and I remember after we did our, our giveaway, right, we had given out a bunch of stuff. We went over to you. I remember that. We went over to you because you guys were doing your giveaway. And I remember seeing that police officer still just like literally leering at us, you know, just leering and staring at us. You know, now that we were over at where you guys were, I, I felt like he thought, you know, we were like collaborating and, and conspirating something, you know? <laughs> It was absolutely insane. No, it was ridiculous. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I, I have a good idea of which officer. So what would happen is, just to give you a better perspective, in that section, our group, um, the group I was working with at the time, strategically chose that location because we pinpointed it as a general location known by those who need things, right? We had actually done our own research and we figured out that this is a good one. And also to draw attention to a bigger issue, the lack of available resources and resource outlets in that particular section. And for a similar reason, you all were there. Now, we would go there on a weekly basis. Mind you, this is happening, um, you know, during the quarantine. So everybody's masked up. We had gloves. You know, we were giving out all those things. So, you know, you all were giving out masks and other things as well. We were doing food. We had food. We had other little items that let's say someone donated. We would have it there, you know, but mostly it was the food. And so I, when I saw the cop, so the first week I saw him, I was like, I remember asking the other organizer, who the fuck is that? And then he looked at me. He's like, they're watching us. You know, they've been there because I'd gotten there after we set up the first time. And he said he's been there. A couple cars came, other police cars came, checked in with him, left. And it was actually not just one. They had it, the block, that section, Manny. Even on the day that you saw that one cop, there were actually a couple undercovers there as well for reasons nobody told us, right? What the fuck are you looking at us like that for, right? So when I first picked it up, I started bringing out my good old fuck Trump mask. You understand? And I could kind of weave out who was who, including those who attempted to get, you know, the, the stuff we were giving away. They would see my face and they would see that mask and they would walk off. Real talk. Now, going back to January 6th. So we are at, I was actually headed to a call to action and it was to raise awareness for said lack of resources. Because what was happening is 
with a lot of the giveaways, they were being sectioned off to those with documentation or they were limited to like, you had to be a member of this, that kind of thing was happening. There were so many people without, especially within the undocumented immigrant population who were already being faced with not having access to the vaccination. All these things were happening. So we were taking the collective risk. Everybody had to get tested. You had to get tested. Uh, we had rules. If you were going to participate as an organizer, more so, um, and to be actually doing the distribution, you, you had to get tested. Um, you had to make sure that you were masked up. You couldn't be walking around there without your mask on, your gloves on. We had our sanitizers there. We had stuff sitting there to keep everybody protected. And then when we got to our location for our call to action, you know, let me tell you something. You would have swore somebody did a speed dial to Hartford PD. I didn't even know so many people could show up. Police officers could show up at once to an event like that. They were like about, I would give it, I'd say, I'm going to throw out a number. I'd say about 50 of us and about at least 10 cop cars. For what? Nobody had weapons. Now, this is happening while you're watching Manny was happening on TV. Remember, I just found out at the time I get to my location, we had only known because we had to start our event. So we only knew that they, you know, scaled the walls and stuff. By the time our actual event started to go on, at this point is when these fuckers are shitting on desks. And I'm being very explicit for a reason. I'm going to warn you all again. This topic is very, very, you know, listener sensitive. If this is something that bothers you, don't come for us. Just log off. If you don't want to hear about white fragility, saviorism, and supremacy, you could either choose to learn or remain ignorant. That's where I'm at. Because I'm telling you, we stood there. And I'm looking around like, why the fuck are they? Like, they were literally standing there ready to arrest us. Little did we know at the same time, all of this damage was happening at the Capitol. So what do you think about that juxtaposition there? Yeah, I mean, um, you had, uh, this is this is how I kind of view these these types of comparisons, right, is... You have gatherers, because you know you'll have people call them uh, protesters or uh, disturbers of the peace, or you know all these different titles that they'll call people who just are standing up for for justice, right? People like me and you, um, and you have them, and uh, you know when we do demonstrations, yeah, we'll go to the Capitol or you go to Hartford, go to any other place, and. We'll gather and do our demonstration there. But we do it in a very, um, not only one, uh, calm manner. And by calm, see, people might think, oh, calm. Well, you guys are shouting, yelling, and speaking. Well, calm as in we're not scaling the walls and breaking things and, you know, <laughs> committing violent acts toward other individuals. Or Yeah, we're calm, you know? <laughs> Where our voices might be elevated, right? We might be speaking into a microphone and make us loud. And there's a lot of us, so voices amplify. Okay. But we're still calm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not doing somersaults off of fences and stuff. So you have us, right? We do demonstrations and we do them in a strategic manner. We do it in a 
calm manner, and, you know, we don't cause any destruction of property or anything like that. And then you have the people on January 6th. And not only January 6th, just those same people in other locations and other places and other demonstrations they've done, right? And they're breaking windows. And they're jumping on cars. And they're literally just going up to people and hitting them and, and dragging them. And then, and then the police join, right? And the police are doing the same, right? Or, <clears throat> or the police are there and they just stand there and watch and do absolutely nothing. But police come to the, our type of demonstrations, our events, and the police are there because to them we're labeled as disturbers of the peace, as people who are, you know, um, causing so many disruptions and, and we're, you know, we ourselves are pretty much criminals in, in their own way, right? I was just about to say, you just said it, man, own it. Remember, you're a walking, talking criminal. I want to put into context here real quick for our young friend. We're not talking about someone, since you all know what we look like, like he's trying to tell you all, you know, you know, y'all judge us on everything. We just have to walk outside and that's it. That's my point. This young man, when he's at an event, we talking, we dressed in press. You feel me? Mm -hmm. We dressed in a nine. There's not, there's not Manny just walking out of bed, just whatever. So for all intents and purposes, it's like, it doesn't matter. The point we're trying to make is it doesn't matter. You just have to be affiliated with that. Yep. Right. You just have to be there. Case in point, Barbara Fair. Let's go. Case in point, Barbara Fair. And the incident that occurred at the New Haven Green. And the fact that she is not the one. She is not the one who threw the smoke bomb. Okay? She is not the one who did that. She's not the one who even organized the event. They were having their meetings, organizer meetings. I got invited to some because these, these people, they'll have these meetings and say, oh, we want to work with you. But then they'll go ahead and have these asshole alleged cohort, whatever the fuck, covert, sorry, wrong word covert meetings right like they fucking batman or some shit and they have it amongst themselves who's the they the white people all right barbara was not a part of that she wasn't even a part of the planning meeting between the black and brown people and the white people i'm just gonna say it like that she wasn't even there for that but she and her nephew were the two black people who were fucking mishandled her nephew was body slammed body slam manny they took that boy and just threw him around like a sack of flour they took barbara and they started throwing around like a, a ball and officers who she had sat with as he just said y'all think that people just go out there and scream and shout and do all this shit no 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 we actually do things like meet with people in person and have conversations okay and manny you could attest it because You've been to your fair share, if not more, of meetings where you're having these conversations about different topics and everything. And Barbara had been in conversation with these folks from the police commission. And they stood there, Manny. The only thing they needed was popcorn. They didn't stop it. They did not. They knew exactly who was being thrown around. 
They knew exactly who and what. Now, I'm not saying that they weren't other people that they approach, but the way that they handled them was just beyond ridiculous. So that's one. How about the fact that we have Rhonda C, who, just like yourself, politically driven, she wants that word democracy to mean something. That woman, oh God, when I tell you, they went online, these people, they're ridiculous, you know, they will troll you, they will spam you, I've lost social media accounts behind this, I've had to recreate myself, you think they're doing it because they're bored, you think they sit there and they infiltrate your org and pretend to be like you, or not like you, in fact, but seem all progressive and liberal, and say all the white things and do all the white things for nothing, you really, really, really think so? Manny, how you feel about that? Hearing about these two older, you know, black activists. And let's not forget our Colombian friend. They went to his place of organizing. This was, you know, right before. And they were trying to fuck with him. But after that, when they came back for him, he was sitting there minding his business. He wasn't even doing nothing. Right. He was just doing his thing, you know, planning out his shit. And they rolled up in there and they picked him up like a beanbag and threw his ass around, right? I mean, and again, once again, we have police officers who he attempted to work with. So I just want to make that clear to just kind of, you know, emphasize, right, the point that Manny's making, like this this view that people who participate in public calls to actions and organizing in the movement. And when I say people, I'm referring to the black and brown people in particular because the white people get a pass. I saw that with my own two big googly eyes. I watch white people throw glitter and fucking smoke bombs and shit. And that was okay. But when we do it and we didn't even have to do nothing, we just stood there and we get trolled online, gaslit, gatekept, right? They talk about you. They don't want you in certain spaces and places, right? They find ways to get you laid off. They write letters to your job. They make sure that they put an impression out there. They put the word out. I heard some stuff about myself that I laughed at. I didn't even know I did all of that. Real talk, you know, but that's that's how it goes. As a younger one coming in and coming up, how do you feel about it? It's disheartening. It's, it's very, very disheartening. I mean, that's just an understatement. Um, it, it makes me, again, it, it makes me sad, uh, to see the, the utter hypocrisy, right, of, um, the so-called, or really, really sorry, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that, the self-proclaimed true Americans, as they call themselves um go out there and protest in such a violent such a disruptive such a discriminatory and just prejudice filled way I man go on and on with the adjectives right and they do these things and face pr- quite literally almost zero repercussions right um and then we, right, black and brown community, 
we exercise the most basic rights we have as American citizens, right? The First Amendment right, the right to assemble, to protest, free speech. That's all we're doing, exercising our First Amendment rights. I mean, the, the way I carry these conversations is that they want to talk about being true Americans, then yes, we too are true Americans about exercising our American given right, right? The right to assemble. So here we are, assembling, protesting, in a strategic, calm manner, not destroying anything, not fighting anyone else, you know, physically. Um, and yet, it takes almost no time for us to get beaten, thrown around, slandered, right, defamed. Insulted. I mean, it's all these negative things that happen to us simply for exercising our our First Amendment right, and they exercise their First Amendment right on such an extreme level, right? Hence why we call them extremists. <laughs> such extreme level of violence, and what are they called? Patriots. Oh, they get all kinds Still of Americans. fancy name, Manny. They. <laughs> They just oh, yeah. sit there and they make up names and then they form groups and then they take group pictures and then, you know, they talk about it. And that's the other thing that happened with that to add to the disgust with the Barbara situation, because while she's being thrown around like a sack of flour, her and her nephew, there were white people who were part of said action who actually had been, they were over at the water fountain. This is happening down at the New Haven Green to give you an idea. They're over at the fucking water fountain the waterfall or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And they were laughing, giggling, talking, talking about what they're going to eat. Meanwhile, nobody is noticing the police cars, the paddy wagon, all of that is happening in the same location. And the best fucking thing, because I think the look on my face said a lot at the time, because some of them were scared to come and talk to me for whatever strange, odd reason. And one of them said, CJ, what do we do? And I was like, what the fuck you mean you do? Go and talk to those police officers. What you standing here? You want me to buy you popcorn? Because I, I, I couldn't understand. How could you see something like that? No. Here's the other part of the pie. When these things happen, us within the black and brown community, too, we need to do better. Stop criminalizing each other. How do you feel about Don't I know it. <laughs> that I don't know. Listen, because when y'all see one of us getting torn down, this habit of just sitting there and be like, well, I, you know, um, yeah, I told her not to, mm -hmm. and she should not have. I'm, I have a funny feeling you've heard that before. Oh, oh trust. It's been said to me. It's, <laughs> oh, trust mm -hmm. me. I know, you know, mm -hmm. you have people who look like me and you and after a demonstration or after saying a certain something or targeting right. certain someone not see that's what they call it, targeting someone i call it holding someone accountable but you right. know you know after right. those types of instances what am i told manny why would you do that do you know how that why makes would you, you do look? that focus on school manny right you know? yeah oh oh yeah definitely that all right <laughs> oh manny, my god none of your business manny that's none of your right. business manny that's not for you that's uh, yeah. not for you yeah seriously because People knew that I was there, right, at that event there with Barbara. And it was weird because when I went, well, to me it was weird because when I go back to work now, 
the the looks I had to deal with and the kind of like, well, you know, you were there, so you had to have done something bad from my own people who look like me. I wasn't even there when Barbara, I would actually only see what they did to her because what happened was we were all, she was standing there talking to the one proud boy who showed, who was actually on the green. So the whole idea was just to give folks perspective. This group of white organizers decided they wanted to confront, this is when it was fashionable to confront racists in public. I'm just going to say it like that because we have our times, our trending moments, right? With the white people in the movement. So this group of white people get up one day and they decide this will be a fantastic fucking idea. We're going to go confront the Proud Boys and guess what? We're going to, we're so fabulous. We're going to invite black and brown people to help us do it. Now, I'd mentioned this before. I said it. It's like in the Bible when Jesus said it to Jesus to Judas. I asked three times, what the fuck is the plan for the black and brown people? And nobody, everybody giggled, ha ah, CJ. Ah. I, I wasn't joking because when the alphabet boys show up, they're not looking for you and your glitter or you and your spray can. They're going to come from my ass. Right? So I just want to show you how this whole thing evolved. So when Barbara gets there, Barbara was not she didn't have glitter. None of us did. I went there. Actually, the only thing I had on me was the keys to my vehicle. That was it. Because the black and brown organizers spoke about it. We decided what we would and wouldn't have in our person. Before we left our location, we checked each other. Nobody has this. Nobody has. We, we didn't want to get arrested. It was meant to be a peaceful confrontation. Barbara gets there and, you know, this woman nonviolent whatsoever. Okay. And she goes up to the proud boy, the one proud boy who showed up. So there was one guy from Connecticut and there was supposed to be other affiliated proud boys showing up. So she approached that one proud boy and she was trying to figure out from him, like, what was the point of doing this in New Haven? Did, who sent you here? Okay. She didn't confront him. She didn't slap him. She didn't cuss him. She didn't do none of that. And then what would happen is the other cars would show up one by one. No. Check this out, Manny. We're across from the courthouse. This is where this is happening. So we're down at the New Haven Green. Our intersection there is, I'm saying, by right there by where the courthouse is. That's Elm Street, Elm and that cross street right there, right? I'm not a GPS, so y'all don't come for me. I want to say that's Church Street, right? So we're standing right there. And Barbara is talking. So when we saw her talking, the black and brown people saw her talking to that one proud boy. While this is happening, the white organizers, the white alleged allies, they were throwing glitter, smoke bombs. They were following this one proud boy all around the green and throwing stuff at him, calling him names, you know, all kinds of shit. We weren't doing that. All the black and brown people stuck together, right? You could see the difference. You see the white people. And there were a few black and brown people with them, but the bigger group was together. And so what would happen is we'll all converge at this particular point here, the corner of Elman Church. So here it is. He's standing there now. And then his friends from the Proud Boys show up. Boom. So then they started talking shit to us, the black and brown people, dead ass. No, let me preface. Prior to them even acknowledging our existence, say a word they were talking to the police. I can't fuck with you. Let me, I can't make this shit the fuck up. Let me tell you. I, I feel like I'm back in that zone all over again. The fucking Proud Boy, the first car pulls up, right? 
and he jumps out and he talking to that NHPD officer like they just had beers. I shit you not, Manny. Right. So now we're all looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on? Meanwhile, the white organizers, the alleged allies, they're still playing with glitter and smoke bombs. We're standing there all together, kind of trying to figure out, assess what the fuck is going on. Right. And then she's still standing there. So we decide to circle Barbara, the black and brown people. We're like, nah, we got to keep an eye on Barbara. So I was standing. She was the last time I stood next to Barbara at that section. She was to my right. A Latino organizer was to her left. The, wait, I have it wrong. A Latino organizer was to her right. I was to her left. Yeah, that makes more sense, I think. And someone nudged me, another organizer from, you know, an, another organizer nudged me um, and said, oh, there's another proud boy, another person of color, as you all like to say, because we're a box of crayons. Um, and he said, there's another one showing up over there. We should go see to make sure. So I walk off and I go with him. And then we hear her scream. We hear Barbara scream out. We look back and we're like, nah, fuck that. We're going back over there. At this point, NHPD had surrounded Barbara and her nephew. And it was like watching, it's as if you're watching, as we say back home, a cockfight. And they have the two of them in there, except they're not fighting each other. Is I think it was 500 mice and about three on Barbara. For what? Nobody knows. And all the black and brown people standing there like, what, what are you all doing? We're not the ones with the weapons. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then the uh, referenced police officers from the police commission, they show up. They were standing right there. They didn't show up. They were standing right there. And they're watching this, Manny. Like if they're watching Channel 8 News live at 5. Nobody's stopping nothing. This is the same Barbara Fair that they invited. They invited. NHPD invited to come and talk about police accountability. Okay? Same person, not even days before she was sitting in one of their meetings, if I'm not mistaken, because I was with her, right? It might've been a week or so, but the point is it was within time. Why the fuck did you all do that? Fast forward. Here comes Rhonda now. Rhonda starts her podcast. Rhonda's talking about all this shit and more. And she's not wrong. You heard what the man just said. You heard what the young man just said. All right. She, how the fuck you expect to change it if we not go on fucking talk about it? But guess what happens to Rhonda? And it's an unfortunate circumstance that I could relate to too well. And I'm just going to keep it general because if we were to tell you all the battle scars, most of y'all would look at us like, nah, that didn't really happen. I got tired. I don't need your empathy. I don't need your false sympathy. Let me tell you something. It have very little they could do to me at this point, you know very fucking little. They watching me like they watching TV. Trust and believe they watching your ass too. Okay. Very fucking little, but it does not mean when I see people around me getting attacked, don't think I'm the one to sit there and watch that. You know, I have a TV to watch. I'm not watching that. I will watch the news. I will read up something on my phone. I'll watch social media, but you see that, that right there, you're not supposed to just sit there and watch that. What I would find out now with, with Miss Rhonda, when I tell you that, oh, God, they started writing letters, okay? They tried to tear her down on social media. They started trolling the fuck out of her platform. Her, so, you know, her platform. The man just said, we're supposed to have freedom of speech. I thought that was something we're supposed to have. Mind you, I'm an immigrant. 
I wasn't born here, right? I, I But I do my thing and I get my citizenship. So I would think I have the right now. I don't know what rights I have these days. But when I tell you they come from Rwanda, and you see the subliminal racism in the North, this is where it becomes even more problematic. Because what people fail to realize, acknowledge, and otherwise face, you see how they attack the Capitol on January 6th. Do not sit there and lie to yourself and think they did not attack us outside of that. They did it by trying to fuck with our education, our education opportunities, our jobs, our livelihood, our parole, our probation, okay? Our support programs, all right? All of a sudden, now people getting written up and all kind of thing for nonsense. All of a sudden, now, you know, probation officers and this clinician and that clinician need this and this and this. All of a sudden, now, okay? All of a sudden, people receiving letters and things to their job. So-and-so works there and has this whatever, whatever that offends me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, so because you do your shit in secret, it's better? Is that is that the message we send in here? You all sat there and gave keeping people opportunities for jobs, livelihood, food, food, education. All of a sudden now you're telling people, oh yeah, we have to keep you back because um, you know, you didn't pass this. All of a sudden, it's like they just wake up. You all think that that was the only attack, and that is not true. I need you all to think while it's still fucking legal. They have been infiltrating. This is a, a tale as old as time, or more specific as old as slavery. You all really think they'll let you all form a movement of black and brown people, and they won't try to shut it the fuck down? What did I tell you all? When they can't control it, they have to conquer it. They have to conquer it. I'm looking at you now, Manny. Can you think of any times with what I just said, directly or indirectly, the attacks on the grassroots, on the organizers, on the movement, particularly the black and brown? Is that something you could relate to? Because I'm getting goosebumps already, because I know you can. 100%. Say what you feel comfortable saying. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, and it's always astonishing. It always is. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, I've been doing this six, seven years. I've encountered that whew, too many times for comfort. Um, and and I know that uh, it's not it's not going anywhere. I'm going to encounter it uh, a trillion, if not more times in my life. Right. Um, but yeah, being being in the grassroots organizations uh, and different ones, you know, because I'm part of different ones, but. Uh, or even just collaborating with other other organizations and seeing it happen to them as well, um, indirectly and directly. That's a very very true um, statement. You know that it happens both ways, um, and oftentimes, right, uh, the indirect attacks and the indirect methods of controlling or censoring or you know restricting and limiting these organizations right i mean they're <laughs> to me right after after seeing so many of uh, these tactics being used to me it's no longer indirect because i can i can recognize it just right there and then 
right? Um, but for other people, right, it, it is. It's harder to uh, to recognize the indirect attacks because they're strategic. You know, these people know what they're doing. They really do. They they know how to to you know do an indirect attack and make it seem like it's actually beneficial for the organization. Geez, how many times have I seen that? Right. Uh, that that's the narrative they, they put is that oh well, this actually will help you this will actually you know make you stronger or this will you know do this and this you know um, when in reality it's a method of censoring or it's a method of you know uh, not allowing them to speak against a certain uh, topic or issue or person uh, etc right. I've seen it so many times, uh, and and again, and have been in on the receiving end a lot of times. You know, again, being being told, well, you know, Manny, maybe you should, um, maybe you should focus on this other thing instead of that thing that you were going to speak about, right? And you know, at first, right, at first, again, because you know, I'm not all knowing, so at first. You know, I didn't recognize what was happening. So I'm like, okay, sure, whatever, fine. You know, it seems like an equally important topic or equally important subject, person, whatever, uh, you know, was the case. I said, okay, why not? Whatever. Drop the other thing I was going to speak about. And then through the years, you know, once I started seeing that pattern, that on a lot of the things I wanted to talk about, someone was like, well, no, here's this alternative. Then it started to become clear. Oh, I see what's happening here. Oh, I see it real clear now. You don't want me to speak about things that are actually going to expose some things. Oh, I see. So you're trying to censor me. And again, I'm talking about people who look like me and you, CJ. <laughs> I'm not, it wasn't always white people. <laughs> A couple times, yeah, but people who look like me and you. And they're censoring what I'm going to say because they know, as a lot of people know, you know, about me, I don't hold back when I when it comes to if I'm going to talk about something, you know, an issue or whatever, and anyone who's a part of it or whatever, I'm going to talk about it because that's the only way things are going to get done. I'm not going to, you know, do go through the maze and the labyrinth of you know of lies and, and misdirections and uh, let's avoid that topic and let's avoid talking about that person no 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 that's that's not how i do things and so you know for a while that was the case was was getting you know they were having me focus on other things you know again that seemed equally important but just so i didn't speak about the things I really wanted to speak about, and that happens a lot of times in these grassroots organizations. You know that, that that really does. A grassroots organization will have a purpose; they'll have a mission, and you know, and yeah, no, it is true. Yeah, I had to deal with it, and and you know, and it's like <laughs> it's genuinely one of the most <sighs> absurd things, right, to me at the time because it was like, aren't we here? to bring change aren't we here to address you know injustice 
to address, you know, the, the things that are wrong in society right now. So why don't you want me to talk about that, right? Again, me being naive at the time, asking those questions. Now, right, now I, I know the answers to the questions without anyone having to tell me the answers. They don't want me talking about them because, as we know, CJ, as we know, the webs, the webs that are intertwined with people who look like me and you and the injustices that we face are so interconnected. I'm finding myself because you came to preach. You came to preach. That's the worst <laughs> ones, the ones who hide in plain sight. All right. Huh? We're going to play a game of match. I'm going to match you and raise you. Right. So I'm going to match you and raise you because how about the ones who not only do that, but they get help from their little white allies to do it? Uh huh. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, absolutely. And, but they do it for progress, right? They do it for democracy. For like, progress. Yes. So basically, they told you, shut the fuck up, talk about this, treated you mm -hmm. like you're two. And here's the thing, Manny I have had my share of working with folks my age, older, your age, younger. Um, and you could tell when someone's, you know, you could kind of figure out where someone's at. You, you, I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. some folks might need like a little help. Oh, well, you know, might want to spruce this up a little bit. Maybe say more about that, less about this. But I've had a, not the same, but I've had situations where these alleged white allies will invite me to something and allege that they want me to speak on something. They won't go as far as what they did to you, which that shit right there just pissed me the fuck off. If you didn't figure that part out, because that's wrong. That's really wrong. You know, you invite him to speak on something. Let him do that. If it makes you uncomfortable, maybe you might want to think about what you need to fucking change. Why destroy the hope of the youth then? Because that's what you're really doing, in my opinion. You just told him, yeah, those are nice things to say, um, but go say it over there instead because I don't give a fuck. That's what that sounded like to me. I've had situations where I've gotten invited to events and they'll put me to speak at a time where they feel nobody will listen. But then they always get fucked over and then people do listen. And then they say, well, why'd you, you know, they'll, they'll come to me after and be like, that was great. Thank you so much for being here. We really needed that. I wish they'd had you on sooner. The gatekeeping, the gaslighting, it happens in the movement. I see it most. And I'd like to hear from you when you see it most, because I see it most um, during the legislative session. It comes out ridiculously. You'll have all these white led groups and or groups that consist of mostly white people and then they'll come out and they'll say we need your support we'll need your help but here's what we're going to tell you to do and then they'll take up all the space and then the legislators look at everybody like well where's the black and brown people well i don't see you or hear you demanding their presence i see you in all of these uh white filled pictures i see you pushing all the white filled and white proposed bills you know and we also right here in good old connecticut have legislators, right? Legislators who would sit in the legislative session and they would demean people. I've seen, I've seen legislators, Republican ones in particular. There's certain ones, I'm not gonna put out the names. Shout out to Robocop, you know who you are, okay? And our, uh, that other one from Southington and the doctor who forgot that he's Indian. I'll just give them little names. And um, <laughs> the other one names rhyme with hail, 
That's what I'm going to give you all because the gaslighting and the gatekeeping is real. See, they could talk about us wherever and whenever they want. I've watched those particular folks try to really tear people down. One event through the legislative, legislative session, they play games, especially when they see like people requiring translation, then they fuck with you even harder. I've seen them gatekeep the translator that was brought in, which quite frankly, the public should not be held accountable for that. The state should have that in place. We should have translation, sign language, both in the session and on you know, TV so people could see and understand and actually participate. The key word that we have been bringing up is participation and what they do and how far they go to limit that. I've seen and experienced, you know, all of a sudden your work hours, all of a sudden they're telling you, well, I kind of need this report. They know that you're out there doing certain things to contest their alleged democracy. And all of a sudden your homework is due um, on the same day or that presentation you had to make is all of a sudden due at that time or same day or close enough to it to piss you the fuck off so you don't want to do the other thing. This is the games they play. Or they fuck around and they find a way, like you say, to gently let go of you or gently um, tell you how to do something. The fact that you all stood there and edited this young man in that way is disgusting. So you're not an ally. You might as well just come out with your Republican flag and wave it all over the place. To the people who like to push the bipartisan bullshit, because that's what it is. If you all want to have, you know, real equity, then talk to me about a whole other party. All right. Let's have that conversation. Here's why, and I'll keep saying it for the people in the back. And I'm speaking on my behalf, Manny. You could say how you feel. I just want to make that perfectly clear, right? We don't, I also want to add, we don't script this out. When we come up here, I send a topic and we, we talk because that's what grassroots is, just for the people who are confused. And for those of you who are shriveled up and curled in a corner, rocking back and forth, you might want to think about certain things. Maybe you're rocking and and feeling pensive and other things because you realize, oh shit, I did that too. Okay. You could fix it. You just have to want to fix it. I'm not a fan of bipartisanship. I think that the fact that the democratic party was born out of the Republican party is daunting enough because what have we done to really separate the two? What's your. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I often, uh, this this was something uh, back when I was at Hill House uh, and I was uh, teaching you know, one of the civics classes. Um, I remember we were, the, we were in the part in the curriculum where we were talking about political parties. And um, I had created this entire presentation, right? Um, but the main thing I had them do was I took a section of George Washington's farewell address. Um, and the section that I took was the part where he warns against the spirit of party. Right? Those are his words. And I had them analyze it and I had them, you know, tell me what you think he meant. And, you know, they had good guesses and some of them came close. Um, and then I, you know, I, I told them, I said, well, what George Washington understood, what he tried to warn everyone was in this new founding 
of a country that was supposed to be free from tyranny and free from control and, you know, really be a democracy, right? He didn't want for there to be these parties to be formed that would necessarily, that would pretty much control people, right? And control how things happened and the way things work. Uh, and so he, you know, his wish was that the country would move on and progress without there being any division, right? Without there any being parties. So, I mean, and they were absolutely like thrown to hear that. They're like, are you serious? Like, you know, then they want to know, you know how to start with or whatever. So when I think about parties today, right? I mean, I just, I think back to George Washington's warning, right? And the fact that here was the man, you know, right there, the, the birth of the nation, right? And he knew, <laughs> he knew and he warned what creating parties would do to this country. He knew. And, and this is why, man, you know, this, and for people who, you know, who might think, well, I'm, again, because you're always going to have that narrative that people might think, well, we're just completely anti-white, you know, and, and we don't like white people and white people is bad for everything. No, 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 no. I'm not. That's not the case at all. You know, here is this white man from Britain, <laughs> right? He's British. And I'm giving him credit because he knew what he was talking about. He knew. We're talking about 200 plus years ago. And he knew what establishing parties, right? <laughs> the <D-O-T. laughs> He knew that what establishing parties in this country would do to the population, to the way the country uh, operated, right? To how well and effective it could operate. And he warned everyone. He warned people. He pretty much pleaded in his farewell address. Do not, do not form political parties. Don't. And yet, what did we do? We formed it anyways. And look at pretty much almost all, right? Almost all of these really, really big issues that have happened in this country, right? And, and one thing you can always count on, you can always look back, it will always be there, are two parties. One saying this, one saying that. One raising this issue, one raising another issue. It, always these two parties. I mean, you can you can trace it back. I mean, just th- you don't believe me? Do do your historical research. I was just about right, to World say. I'll back you up on that. If y'all think that he's making this up, first of all, man, he's not that bored, and it will be kind of impossible for him to do it if you think about it. And. <laughs> <laughs> just saying it out loud because you know remember we have to validate our opinions let's not right. forget that part god forbid that we think you know and i keep telling people think well you still can you're sitting here marching and getting mad about abortion access do you understand what you're really doing though do you realize what you're really doing in the bigger scheme of things let's have some conversations about some stuff do you really understand what you're really doing when you sit there and you say things like yes we need more police officers Hmm? Do you really, really think that makes sense? Are you thinking when you decide to include the same, same set of people, the big decision makers, as they call them, 
We have them in every town, city, and state, right? And these are the same groups and people that are at, at every major, you know, government-funded, whether it be city, local, state, same set of people at the same tables. How the fuck do we create change there, Manny? You tell Listen, it's... <laughs> It's hard, it's hard, it's difficult, it's complex. And the only reason why it's complex is because so many people, so many people, so many entities, so many forces, <laughs> right, are just so interconnected and intertwined with these issues. And so when you try to address one issue, you have like seven other entities connect to it, connected to it, and that brings about 15 more issues. <laughs> and so, this, again, it's what I've encountered, right? In my experience is I'll address one issue and I start, you know, having conversations and meetings and, and, and actually, you know, writing up and helping write policies, you know, to combat those issues or whatever. And then I run into like these, these conversations of, well, you know, this person is connected to this and this entity is connected to that. And so if you attack this, you're actually attacking that entity. And well, we don't want to attack that entity. So actually let's not address this issue at all. What? Like, are you serious? Yeah. I don't care who yeah. is connected to. There you go with your foolishness. Listen, Manny, between me and you, all right, everybody else who's listening, just turn around for a second, Manny, between me and you, right? <laughs> the fuck were you thinking by thinking, man? How many times, you know, what is wrong with you? You're just problematic, Manny. That's your problem. You're problematic. You foolishness. Look at you thinking. The nerve. Remember, you were supposed to go to school and just stare at everything. Why didn't you do that, Manny? <laughs> He's over to die. <laughs> Crack it up. <laughs> You were supposed to sit there and draw circles in the air and pretend like you didn't know what was going on. Okay? You were supposed to sit there and gaslight the other people in your classroom. You weren't supposed to be doing things like educating these people. Look at what you just dropped on people. What is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right? Now, until now, I have not spoken publicly about what happened to me on January 6th. Like I said, said as soon as i hit that highway i would see people giving me the middle by two different people and then out of nowhere as if you know for all other intents and purposes allah just stepped in and said not today not today and here i am circled by white people i just want to go back to something that he said because you know y'all ask for a lot for us not to talk about white supremacy okay you're asking for a lot. And for you who like to say, well, let's not talk about that like that or get offended, go look in the mirror and say, I need to deal with myself. That has nothing to do with us. That has to do with you. Okay. We cannot fix a problem that we do not face. I personally think that that January 6th incident should be a great, great, great reason as to why instead of veering towards bipartisanship, which if you were to look at it, it's really bipartisan shit. And it would mean really reconvening to be in a one-party system. You heard what he just said. His friend George Washington told us, you're going to be in big trouble. Other countries don't have all of this going on. This setup here is very different, very, very different. And it's 
made. And if, okay, if you want a reference point, go look at Trinidad and Tobago. When you're running for office in Trinidad and Tobago, you don't just have party A and party B. Me and you and other people could go form a party. And if we get the number of votes, not the, num the amount of money, not money, votes. Now, out here, like everything else, they found a way to commercialize every fucking thing. From your drawers to your ballot. Okay? Believe that. All right? From your, you heard me say it, man. He probably over there falling out of his chair. From your fucking drawers to your, you know, your ballot. That's for those of you who use either, because some of us use both, neither one or the other. But the point is they found a way to make money from it. And honestly, what do you think would happen, right, Manny? And I'm looking to hear your response on this. What do you think would happen if two things happen? Number one, we veered away from the two-party system, right? And this by, and you know, not only that, but we also made the financial requirements less, if not removed it as a determinant. Because what you're really doing there is you're safeguarding the decision-making to the wealthy, whether you wanted to hear that today at Wednesday at 3.10 p.m. or not, all right? For those who will listen to this later, this is happening live time. And I'm just asking that question. What do you think about what I just said? I asked about, you know, this whole thing with the funding and everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would like, let me, let me, let me, let me start this over. The way I intend to uh, carry out my fight, my efforts uh, in the political office and any political office I will, you know, want to hold in my lifetime is um, is George Washington's belief. Uh, he made it clear that he wanted to be uh, the president for all American citizens, not for a party. Right, uh, not being president for Republicans, not being a president for Democrats, not being a president for the rich, not being a president for the poor, being president for all Americans. We're, you know, that's it. Um, and so that's how I have tried to carry myself as being a fighter, being an advocate, and just being someone for all people. Not for a party, not for a specific group, you know, or whatnot or whatever. We're just trying to do the, you know, get justice and equality and equity and everything for everyone. <laughs> That's it. Right. So I would, you know, say that veering away from the two party system, hey, listening to a wise man, George Washington. <laughs> That sounds we, crazy. We should have. We should. I was just about to say that we should have. The amounts we should have yeah, with all of this is, is ridiculous because Frederick Douglass, let's not forget our friend Frederick, right? And, you know, and his letter and what he spoke about what democracy looks like. And let's not forget that time when, you know, a group of black people and brown people came together and said, we need another party. And they started to lead it. And guess who showed up and said, no, we need to do it because we do it better? white people see it's hard to separate the race in this there's no way you can't bring it up 
Because let's go back to January 6th. You think if that was a group of black people, it would have went the same, Manny? And look how quick they were to arrest and charge the, those who were black and brown. As a younger one, thoughts? Oh, it would have went immensely different. Without a doubt in my mind, it would have went immensely different. Uh, they would not have lasted as long as they did. That That's just without question. Anyone who believes otherwise, you're, you're just... Where have you been? Because you obviously you not been paying attention <laughs> to how things are in this country, right? Um, if those were all black and brown people, I dare say that they definitely would not have even made it into the Capitol. They would have been stopped right there and then right in public, right outside the Capitol. They would not have made it into the Capitol. And... Even if they did have somehow have made it into the Capitol, they should they surely, surely would not have been inside the Capitol as long as those January 6th rioters were. That that's without a doubt. Um, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, as soon as you had, as soon as they were viewed marching down, right down the street, heading to the Capitol, already you know things would have been going on. You said marching um, down. You said marching down, brother. The minute they gathered there, the minute they gathered there, at least one police car would have pulled up. What the oh, fuck yeah. are y'all doing over there? Oh yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, right about that. You see what I'm saying? Because isn't it that typically to visit the White House, isn't there like a parameter you're not supposed to cross? Like, let's say I went on vacation, I wanted to see the White House. You have to get special permission yeah, to get past each point, right? So my theory is they had to have people on the inside. They had to, Manny, in my opinion. There's no way. You couldn't have done that any other way, even if you got over the gate. Because I thought that that gate, right? Can we talk about that gate for a second, Manny? Wasn't that gate supposed to be protected too, do you know? Isn't it supposed to be like some type of electrical something or something to ward off whatever? Or is it that it's supposed to have guards stationed there? Either way, the guards weren't very, you know, um, I could tell you this much. If you saw the videos of when they were gathering in, especially the point where they got to the Capitol, right? And you see these police officers, they're attempting to mediate, as they call it, right? They put all these nice little terms on it to make themselves look better. That's me talking um, about that because that's how it looked to me as a, a you know, black immigrant. I don't know. What did Manny say? You know, we have to validate ourselves all the fucking time. But the point is, is that if Manny, myself, and a few others even went to the Capitol, say five of us, right, Manny? And the five of us go up to the Capitol and we sneeze too hard, how quick they would have jumped on us. But one cop could not stop. These police, the only ones that we saw is when they were coming in, that black cop <laughs> comes now and he's trying to stop it all. The point we're trying to make here is, look at look at the police interaction with us, us as non-Republicans supporting Trumpets, right? What about that fucking chick who's crying? She's crying. I wanted to slap her through the fucking TV. Get the fuck off my TV. Swat her like a fly. When I came home that day and I saw finally got a chance to see the footage because I up until I came home I had no real idea of why everybody was so you know animated and all that had happened to that point and then when I saw this chick crying I was just I was just angry I didn't even want to watch no more 
I turned my TV off. In fact, I wasn't even watching my TV. It was on my phone because I was still not really watching TV as much. That was one of the things. I I don't know about you all, but during COVID, I start, started watching TV less and less and less. Only recently, I'm back into watching TV. Most times, I would just like check for updates on my phone and stuff because it was just too much of that shit going back and forth. And I didn't want that in my brain because the white media is skewed towards its own you know, nature to want to control and conquer, right? And again, I'm saying this, these are my words. I don't believe in bipartisanship and I've seen it in especially the legislative process. You hear this one and that one talk, well, let's get some of these ones over here from the Republican party. They're nice. They're nice. And then by the time you get down to vote for the fucking bill, all of a sudden, all these motherfuckers, oh, nope, I vote no. I've seen that one too many times. One too many fucking times. I mean, it needs to fucking stop, right? I think that people need to drink a glass of a different water. I don't know, change your water filter, buy a different bottle, do something, slap yourself. I don't know. But we need to see. It has been how long now? I mean, what are you using, an etch sketch to find the fucking people from January 6th? I also thought, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Manny. This is why I'm asking about the security around the building. Because my understanding is if there's any buildings... There's certain buildings in the United States that have like security cameras literally everywhere. And that White House is one of them. Let me know. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I, um, I've been to Washington, D.C. Uh, I think I went probably, probably 2018, 2019 around there. Um, and, you know, I went to the White House um, and, yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't, pretty much even the sidewalk, kind of, of the the, hot, the White House, I mean, it's just gate all around, and there's armed guards there. Um, across the street, there's armed guards with, um, when I went, there was canines with them, um, you know, and they're patrolling. Wait a minute, hold up, pause right there. They had canines, canines, yeah. not poodles, not shih tzus, not no. that. <laughs> Get the fuck out. You serious? So where was all of that on January 6th? Went from your view, right? Can you like walk us through the footage you saw? Did you see any of that going into play at all? Or if you did, what did... Well, yeah, so so that's a while. The, the Capitol, right, I went uh, near Capitol Hill. That's where they, they rioted. Um, in Capitol Hill, um, you know, definitely, I mean, as, as we've seen from all the footage that the January 6th committee uh, released, so there's cameras all over, you know, Capitol Hill. Um, and, and almost every corridor, every stairwell, you know, every hallway, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> there's just security cameras everywhere. Um you know, I, I would have thought, I would have thought that with the Capitol Hill, you know, security force or whoever is in charge of security at Capitol Hill, with them knowing that just, you know, down the street was the, you know, former President Trump gathering, holding this huge rally. We already knew... You know, everyone knew what the rally was about. It was about, you know, speaking against the certification of the election and whatever, whatever. I would have thought that with just that, 
you would have had an automatic increased amount of security around Capitol Hill. Just just for safety precautionary measures. Because you had the president the vice president of the United States there, and you have pretty much every single member of Congress, right? All in this building. You would think that there would be an increased presence of security just by default. Just just by default. You know? Uh, even if there wasn't a rally happening down the street, again, just by default, you have the vice president and every single member of Congress in this building. Why wouldn't there be an increased security presence? That, but then, you know, again, tackle on the fact that president of the United States is having a rally down the street and the president already made it clear that he is absolutely against you know, the the, vote, the results of the election, and he has all these supporters. We've obviously seen what the supporters are capable of throughout his administration, right? So we know how dangerous they are already. So you have that happening just down the street. And again, you, you don't have an increased security presence? Why? Like, I, I feel like whoever's in charge... Whoever is in charge, trying to play it down. Yeah, <laughs> whoever is in charge um, of security. I mean, first of all, I mean, I hope they they're no longer head of security anymore. That's that's one right because obviously that that's already you should get fired for that. Um, you'd probably be jailed actually. Uh, <laughs> no, wait a minute. No, 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 Manny, Manny, Manny. You know what your problem is? Here goes your foolishness. No, you or I would be in jail. <laughs> you of all people, you know what they do with the white pole pole. You give them a retirement plan, man. <laughs> Change departments and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do. Oh, you was a That's bad true. cop? We just going to shift you around like a deck of cards. Like they just did with the people here in, in Connecticut. Remember, Connecticut acts like this doesn't happen here, Manny. So all this stuff that you're laying on people, somebody might need to go see a doctor. Oh, let's not even start to talk about medicine and the role that the Republicans play there. You're dangerous, man. You're bringing up all this stuff. I don't know what to tell you. You know, you're making <laughs> people have to face this shit because it's true. Who you think is gatekeeping it? You think that the Republicans only show up at the fucking convention? They're doctors. They are police officers. They are, right, Manny? They're teachers. They're not just legislators. They're not just, you know, government officials. They are in nonprofit. Oh, shit. They even lead nonprofit agencies and shit and even run schools. They make decisions about your funding and your resources. Yes. Yeah, principal, board members, superintendent. Yes. What about, did you hear about, um, so I remember back then, because, again, Look how far out we are, right? And from then to now, we've heard the different stories of the people involved. Like, I think one guy killed himself. A couple of people committed suicide, which, again, we're not in favor of that, right? We're not saying that that was a good thing to do, but this is what, you know what I'm saying? But people did that. What about the other one who ended up in jail and his mother called the jail to say he's vegan and he'll die if he doesn't have proper meals? Did you hear about him? Stop stop i'm not kidding you the one the little white boy with the beard and the bald head right (laughs) i'm dead ass i'm dead ass um 
Rhonda and I sat here crying, laughing. Like one day, right? This, this is why I love this woman, yo. She said, you need to laugh because she knew I was something else was going on. I was feeling kind of down. And she's like, let me make you laugh real quick. This is the kind of friends I have. This is, <laughs> this is what they do. <laughs> Someone else. This chick called me and said, let's look at all the bullshit headlines. And we come across this one with um, this guy. He's the one that had the fur vest on and the antler headpiece. That guy, Sorry. his mother. Yes, him. I, I don't even know his name. That <laughs> motherfucker. His mother, dead ass Manny. She showed up down to the jail. Rhonda laughed so hard. I couldn't even breathe. I was laughing so hard. Like I was like, are you serious? And was really telling them, my baby needs to eat a particular diet because he might die off of jail food. How you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, then there was the other one. Wait a minute. There's another one um, who said he needs to visit with his family or some shit like that because he needs to maintain that connection. These people serious. CJ. CJ. I'm not. Listen. You're going to get canceled make it up. now. You're going to get canceled. Dumb. Nah, nah. We good. We good. We good. We straight. We straight. We good. This is not Facebook. Shout out to Mark Zuckerberg. But yeah, you know, because can we talk about Facebook now and January 6th? Because after January 6th, you know, black Facebook lit the fuck up. Latino Facebook, let me tell you, the memes had me crying. Okay. I was I was in pain laughing. Dead ass. Like, yes, yes. And actually, a lot of black and brown people who would not typically comment or have feedback, as you're very well aware, you know, you, you must encounter at least one or two, at least, who say, I'm not into all that politics. And they say it with such conviction. When you're actually yeah. part of the fucking problem. And they were some of the people sharing the memes, man. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Like I saw one where they did a group of Proud Boys and they said, hey, what you doing? In the first picture. And it's like, yep, going to take over the Capitol. And the third picture, they'll just give me a note. You know, like the note they give in school. Yeah, that was the meme. <laughs> a hall pass. Yeah. These were real things. Like, how did you feel seeing that part of it? Like the reaction from the public? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. I mean, I, I remember as I was you know, like watching everything unfold, I was making uh, posts on on Facebook. Um, and, like, I think I even like took a couple like pictures of like my TV screen, and you know, was like making posts on Facebook, you know, while everything was happening because I was just in utter disbelief. But then, you know, after everything had settled and or whatever. Uh, and I started waking up, uh, you know, I woke up and I started to see like, the same thing you said, like the memes and stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I was like a, a part of me, obviously, about the whole January 6th, I mean, I was obviously like devastated and strong, whatever. But then, like, seeing these memes and everything, it, it reminds me of what I say, right? Like, we have a lot of these serious issues, a lot of things going on wrong in, in the world, in the country, whatever. But sometimes you just have to laugh. Sometimes you, Could you, you just have to laugh. Could you imagine if we did not laugh? What would happen? Like real talk, right? Like Dead I mean, we literally we'd go insane. We would go insane, or we'd like end up in isolation, right? Like self isolation, <laughs> because yeah, these issues are enough to make a person depressed and and like not want to be out in the world anymore or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why, like, <laughs> I I'm. A part of me is like grateful 
for the people who aren't too politicized, right? Who like aren't too serious when it comes to these issues and stuff. Uh, and, you know, they add their humor and their comedy into it. Right. And some, some, you know, more of the serious people like, no, you can't make memes of that. It's not funny. You know, it's a very dis- devastating day. I agree. I agree. It's a devastating day, you know, dark day in, in, in modern history. But if that's all you focus on is dark, 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 dark. Right. I mean, come on. What kind of life are you living? Right. It's a pretty depressing life. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to, you know, the people who make the memes, who, who add humor, who add comedy. Because again, you have to laugh sometimes. You you have to laugh in life. It it, it keeps you going, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those memes. Oh my gosh! I mean, sometimes I I wonder. I'm like, how do people come up with these things? People are creative. Let me. People. <laughs> can I jump in there? Because I know you're throwing yeah. tra- tra- at my win. I'll pick it up. So. <laughs> So with me now, I'll either get memes sent to me, no shit. Like people will send me shit and be like, this is so funny. And then I'll post that or I'll make my own. And I draw reference from anything. Nobody's safe. It could be Sesame Street. It could be Martha Stewart. You're going to get memed. You know, I even meme myself sometimes. You know what I mean? Because you got to find the humor in it. Like I had a good old time uh, just recently with our friends from Alabama. I thought that what they did was fantastic. Fuck them. You know, you show up on this dock with all this bullshit and you thought you could talk to me like what that man threw that hat in the air, like the bat signal. Feel me? He sent out. That was it. That was you. And everybody showed up. You know what I mean? And the beautiful part about that is nobody. And you and I spoke about this before, though, Manny. We brought this up for a reason. You go back and watch that footage while it's still on media because, you know, they're going to try to take it down. Pay attention to the reaction from the black and brown people. That is what we need to do. Stop this nonsense. We have to call this one and find out if this one good with that one. And well, I'm friends with this one. And this group of white people over here really like me. You're playing into their bullshit, man. You're playing into their bullshit. To this day, there's still people who have to get arrested. Some people have changed their names. I I read, you know, there's actually quite a few decent documentaries on this and on Trump both on, um, what you call it, on Hulu and Prime Video, right? If you're still good with Jeff Bezos, you can check out Crime, you know, I said Crime Video, which is probably the better way to say it. Prime Video, right? The point is, educate yourself. Face it. You might be BFFing somebody who's really playing on the other side and not know it just because they're telling you all you want to hear and giving you what you think you want. Don't fall for the fuckery, man. They know. Let me tell you something. Like my father said to me, they did not plan on failing on on January 6th. The plan was to be successful. Mm -hmm. That was not supposed to go that way. That was supposed to be met with a unity of the forces. And I guess something was supposed to fall out the sky. Who knows? Do not get fooled. We're not saying that we're a Republican, but please do not get fooled by the Democrats who might as well be Republican because there are many of those. And I say that because you see that bipartisan shit, you're just making the Republican machine bigger, to be honest with you. Because when you do that, what you're doing is I'll work with you and um, we could agree on this. You are, you're showing them that you'll kneel. 
You're showing them that come back to me. I'll make the decision. That's why they fuck with you during the legislative process. And they do things like say, I'm pro this and I'm pro that. And I'm all about this. And I'm saying not all of them do it, but most of them do. Cause I've seen it happen. I've seen where we sat there. I remember once working on a bill and we had all these meetings, right? And we met with legislators. And then when it came time to vote, some of those same Republican legislators, if not most of them at the time for the vote, when they had to cast the vote, they decided that they would vote against or abstain. You think they're doing that by mistake? They're not doing that by mistake. We need to do a better job of really reinforcing democracy. One of my suggestions is, and I mentioned this before, and I've mentioned this before, that so has Manny. We need more black and brown representation, real representation, okay? It's okay for black and brown people to run a city and a town and a state for that matter. Give them the support they need, okay? We need to do that. Connecticut could do that if it wanted to. Let's not forget right here in good old Connecticut, there are 19 or so millionaires and a couple billionaires, right, who live right here and did absolutely nothing during COVID. Their big claim to fame, I do need to this and to that, and that's all I should do. I don't want to hear that shit. We're seeing more and more that a lot of these celebrities and renowned folks, the people we hold on pedestals are sitting on stools and behind our backs. And when they turn off the TV and the media, they're doing all kinds of fuckery. Look at Epstein. Look at that other motherfucker, the one, the, the, the producer, the video producer, the, the filmographer, whatever it is, whatever word I can't get out, right? I mean, they're everywhere. They're in your classroom. They're telling you that they don't, they don't care about using online because they want to homeschool. That's another thing right? But the homeschoolers pay attention to that. All right. A lot of pro-lifers are Republicans. So when you running around here talking pro-life and saying, oh, I'm against abortion because I believe in a woman's right. You know, it's against the Bible. Hold that same Bible and ask yourself, what would I do if I didn't have the right to choose? All right. They're sitting in high spaces in education and medicine and social services. Okay. The DMV is another one where you find a lot of them. Let me tell you something. These people hide high up. They're controlling a lot of things, even down to our airports. I told you from your drawers to your election ballot, they're there. The Republicans, especially the ones who do not want to see progress. I want to see us digress. And I'll only keep saying it till somebody sees the validity. This is why that bipartisan shit is a problem. What you're really doing is if you know the history, he just spilled it out for you. Right. He told you what George Washington told us before he gave us the peace sign. Right. He told you, he warned you, George Washington, what would happen. Then you went ahead and you did it any fucking way. And then you said, it's not even that you did it, but you did it. You didn't even create like a, a whole thing that was separate. You said, no, we'll just be like the Bible. We'll take this rib right here and we'll use it to create this party. Oh, wait, that's black and brown people wanted to be in charge. Now we can't do all of that. This boundary was created it's as old as slavery the gatekeeping as old as slavery the gaslighting as old as slavery nobody's saying they're perfect nobody but y'all do all kinds of shit to us to derail us demotivate us disenfranchise us the you know all the d's and the negativity you could think of you're talking down to us on the job you're writing us up for bullshit you're lying on these things all these documents because you're keeping a very calculated paper trail of your bullshit then you try to you know troll us away on social media 
when that doesn't work, you create social media groups and then you are, I mean, you do that anyway, you organize. I don't know if people realize that. The interesting thing about social media, even though your friend Mark Zuckerberg bans the use of the term white supremacy, there are so many white supremacist groups, okay, and bots on social media. It's insane. And guess what? They could say what they want. They could reference what they want. They could do what they want. What does that sound like? If Manny and I went to the corner and we try to rob somebody, by the time we turn around, we'll have on silver bracelets. All right? This is a fact. I want you all to think about that because we have a young person here who's vested in democracy and he wants to bring true meaning to that word. And it is very sad at the very least, if not disappointing, that he already perceives from the financial to the support, the physical, emotional, mental support, the resources, he's already saying to himself, I'm not going to get that, not even from the places I thought I would have. That's disgusting and sad and many other adjectives all at once. So while some of you all sit there and get scared when CJ starts to talk about white supremacy and, and roll up in a ball and rock back and forth when Manny starts to speak in his truth, you could do that or you could get up and face the fucking problem. Now, when we said that, we didn't tell you to go take it over and do it all for us. We didn't say that. We said, use your privilege positively. That's what it really should be. You don't have to scold someone to correct them. You don't have to gang bang on somebody to get them out of a space, right? Get in the right spaces. Send that email to that person that has been troubling. Stop that group on social media that has been hacking and trolling. If you see them talking shit on the job in the streets, in the, you know, the bakery, the gas station, stop it. Support the black and brown people. Contest this thing where you have to have X number of dollars to run for office, man. That's a wealth divide for a reason. Poverty changes things. Manny, before we sign off, any. Yeah, um, you know, I, I echo and I reinforce a lot of what you said. Um, I, I want people to realize and remember that January 6th um, was definitely a, a dark day in modern history. Um, the very seat of our government uh, and our nation was broken into, was desecrated. Um, and it was shown how easy it was for all of these individuals to break in and uh, insult and disrespect everything that that building stands for. Um, but I also, I want to acknowledge the fact that that happens in so many other ways and in so many other places in this country, right? That blatant um, show of uh, discrimination, of not caring, of uh, attacks on democracy, attacks on, you know, the, the preser uh, preservation of this country. So, it comes in so many different forms. I want people to know that uh, January 6th just happened to be a very, very explicit form uh, and on a very big scale. Um, 
but it happens every day in this country in so many different fields. Uh, I want people to be able to start to recognize how it happens, where, when it happens, um, and to take stands against that so that we don't have um, another January 6th, right? Um, and I'm not saying that like in the same way, I'm saying it in a different way. I'm hoping it'll never be in the same way, but let's also fight to make sure it doesn't happen in a different way. Um, I will end the same reiteration I always do. Um, me and CJ and so many others will continue fighting for what's right. We'll continue fighting for justice, for equality and equity. Um, we only hope to inspire you and others to join the fight, to join the movement for the right purposes, for the right purposes, right? Join the movement with sincerity, join the movement with integrity, right? Join the movement to further uh, the lives and the quality of life of others, not for yourself, right? We don't do it out of selfishness. Um, we do it for others. So join the movement, join the fight with us and that under that umbrella. Um, me and CJ will be there on the front lines. You know, you always see me there. I hope to see you. And I look to my left, I look to my right, see you standing side by side with me. Uh, and on the day in the many years that I will run for office, I hope that I can achieve that. And I hope with that I can bring about further change. But if there's one thing you can always count on is that as long as I have breath in my lungs, there is not a day I will waste not fighting for the future of others. You know, Manny, this is why I love having you here, you know, and I want you all to take note of what this young man just said. Young soldier in the fight. I get goosebumps every time I start this part of it to thank him for being here, taking the collective risk, because when we do this work, best believe they clap back. Don't think just because you don't see it, it doesn't happen. And here in the North is particularly a problem because they do it so subliminally. Like I just explained, they could try to run you off the road, get you fired, troll you on social media, destroy your reputation, spread rumors, you know, just gang up on you, right? It happens. We should really collectively work to making his dream a reality. For the white people who are still listening in and who will listen and who want to listen, right? You heard what he just said. Get involved. There's different ways to do this thing. You see a group of people about to write somebody up for nonsense, stop them. You see them about to terminate somebody for foolishness, buffer that. Get in front of that. Give black and brown workers their fair pay, their recognition, right? Acknowledge their performances. Tell them thank you. Tell them nice things. Don't always seem like you're running off this here and, and, and busier than you don't have to do all of that, right? You could be nice. It doesn't cost anything, right? Stop the bullshit. Don't let them watch a student and take advantage of them in different ways, right? Physically, emotionally, mentally, right? Destroy their whole future by having them retake classes that they didn't need to or some fuckery and doing it in such a disgusting, normalized way. Stop the normalized white supremacy. It happens in different ways. If you're at the doctor's office and you see a nurse or a receptionist or anybody, it could be the doctor themselves, 
really mistreating, you know, talking down to someone who's not your shade, say something. Give that review, okay? Let them know how you feel too. Let them know I'm not, listen, I, I like to come to your store, but I noticed the other day that such and such was being really rude to that customer who's fumbling to find their receipt and I didn't like it. Can you address them? This doesn't mean that person will get fired. We're not looking for that. We're looking for it to get addressed and get addressed properly. Manny, I could never thank you enough for your thoughts and you're willing to participate and to share freely because like I, I said before and I'll say it again, there's no we, we wing it with our difficulties and all. We come up here and we, we share it because we're going to keep this young man in the fight. Sometimes he might need us to, to hold him up a little more and we need to do a better job because we have to pass the baton. Well, that's all we have for now. I can't thank you all enough for continuing to like, subscribe, share. Really, really, truly appreciate the upliftment, the encouragement, and the solidarity. That's all we have for now. Fist up, smile on. CJ.